0: and generate business through podcasts. This week, I am joined by another expert in the world of podcasting, someone whose show I have listened to many times, and I've learned a lot from this guy. And so it was a real pleasure to have him on the show. In fact, when we did a pre-interview chat sometime back now, we probably could have kept talking all day because we just really connected and we had so much in common and we talk about a lot of the same things. We have different perspectives on some things, and there's a lot that we definitely agree on and maybe just describe things in some slightly different ways. In this episode, I'm speaking to Jason Sircone, host of Evolution of Brand and Pod Theory, two podcasts that I have very much enjoyed as a listener. In our conversation, we're going to answer questions like, is starting a podcast the best next step for you, your business and brand? Or is there another path that we could recommend instead? Here's a hint there's another path. Also, the things that people commonly get wrong when they are appearing on other people's podcasts that could be damaging your business growth rather than contributing to it. We even get onto things like what makes people tune out of the conversation or the episode that you might be appearing on and what the biggest value of podcasting has been for jason and i would say for myself as well which we didn't know was there when we started you're going to get a lot of value in this particular episode if you are not already subscribed to podfluence do make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on your device that's probably in your hand right now and if you're feeling kind, it would be a great help for me. In fact, you would earn my undying love to leave as a review for this podcast. And I would love to see five star reviews, but it's most important to me that you leave an honest review. Things you love maybe things that you didn't so much, but five star reviews definitely very welcome. You could do that on Apple Podcasts and through Podchaser. Any other places you can do that, please feel free to do so. And if you leave me a review, I will do my best to read it out in a future episode of the show. But right now, it's time to prick up your ears as we get into this episode of Podfluence. Welcome to Podfluence, the podcast for business coaches and professional speakers who want to build audience and authority through podcasts. Here's your host, international coach and speaker, John Ball. Welcome to the show. I am very happy to be joined in my virtual studio by someone who I have listened to many times. And I'm very happy to get him to speak in person. We have chatted a little while before, but he has a lot of great knowledge around podcasting. He's been doing this a while as well. He is an absolute pro in the industry, and you're going to love what he has to say about podcast guesting. So let me properly welcome to the show, Jason Sacone. Johnny, how you doing, my friend? Great to be here with you. I'm very happy to be speaking to you, and you are someone I'm happy to say. I've learned some pretty cool stuff from you, Jason, and, and I've been enjoying... Following your show. So, you host at the moment, you host the Evolution of Brand. That's your podcast now. But you had a show before that as well. I seem to remember listening to you on a different show before that, too. And so, you've been doing podcasting a while. When did you get into the podcasting
1: world? Well, podcasting began for me all the way back in 2015 when podcasting was starting to come of age. I think it was, I think to some degree, we're still coming into our own in this space. But 2015 was when. I first took my leap in and started my first show with my best friend, and we had a lot of fun with it, but what it, we're, the, the purpose it served for me was that it really re- rekindled my passion for radio. I did a radio show back in college, back in the early 2000s, and I absolutely loved it. And then I lightly looked into pursuing it as a career once college ended, but it didn't pan out. And then, lo and behold, this podcasting phenomenon hit the world, and I realized that this put me right back on the track that I wanted to be on at an earlier stage in life. So, started that in 2015, did a few different shows over the years, helped some other people launch their shows, and worked on the production end, the marketing end, and pretty much every capacity that you could imagine. And then... The show that you were referring to, Pod Theory, was something that I launched during the pandemic that I wanted to start talking more to podcasters about doing podcasts better because I realized that there is a lot happening in this space and there's a lot of people that walk away from their podcasts way too soon. And if there's anything that I could do to help prevent that because I feel that this is such a powerful medium to express yourself to make powerful connections and build very lucrative relationships if you do it right and so many people don't take the time to really develop the fundamentals to do that so pod theory served that purpose for a while and at the same time i was planning evolution of brand i spent just about a year planning what i wanted that podcast to be because in essence what it was was this amalgam of all of my podcast experience and some of the inspiration that I drew from fellow podcasters. I wanted to make sure that I was putting the most quality product together and delivering that to the world and that's what's been happening and the show has been going fantastic since its launch in October of 2021. Demand to be on the show because the conversations are very engrossing has been through the roof and it's it's been a blast. And pod theory, I'll drop a little piece of breaking news There probably because I'm crazy and because if I don't have enough on my plate already, I'm probably going to be doing a rebrand on Pod Theory in the very near future and taking it, it very, I want to say, I don't want to think back to basics, but we're going to get real granular with some of these skill sets that podcasters need. And the whole theme is going to be around disrupting the audio platform. So stay tuned. I like the sound of that,
0: Jason, and I will be definitely staying tuned to that and one of the big themes of my show is around building influence. And I think podcasts are such a great way to do that. It's one of the reasons why I'm focusing the show much more in building influence through podcasting. But I wonder who for you has been an influence either in podcasting or not, but in terms of the direction of your life or someone who's inspired you in you, in the directions you take it.
1: Well, with podcasting, there's been a lot of, shows that I've listened to so to pinpoint anybody specific would be difficult because I took a year and a half after I had started my first podcast and we ran that as far as we could I started a second podcast and probably about 20 episodes into that I realized that this is something I really want to do but I don't want to do it poorly I really want to get good at this so I made the decision to shut that podcast down i felt that i had gained some experience but i really wanted to just take time to develop more of a voice and see what others were doing so i started listening to podcasts all the time and for a year and a half i did no production of my own i just studied and listened to what other podcasters were doing i listened to tv and radio personalities in pittsburgh where i'm located and in other parts of the world and really just put on an analytical cap and and looked at what I could do to emulate some of these great personalities and these great voices. I can give credit to a couple specifically. This name may not resonate with many of your listeners, but there's a sports broadcaster here in Pittsburgh by the name of Mark Madden, and he is a very real, gritty... He plays a heel persona, if there's any wrestling fans out there. Like, he really goes on air to in essence piss off the audience but he's doing it from the role of a character but I, and I had followed him I learned about him back when I was a wrestling fan back in the early 2000s when he was in world championship wrestling as an announcer and then when I moved to Pittsburgh I heard him on the radio I'm like oh this is so cool and really been listening to him ever since but the way that he talks to, to, to his audience the way he delivers his message the way that he communicates there was just something about the way he did that that really resonated with me so I was constantly listening to how he delivered his questions when he was giving an interview and then how, would he, how he would interact with fans when they would call in. So I drew a lot of inspiration from him. On the podcasting side, I owe a big thank you to John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire. It, I liked the format of that show. And when, as I was developing Evolution of Brand, when I was listening to different podcasts, I was listening to how he structured his show. And my favorite element was the fact that he got to the value as fast as possible. And I think that's one thing I've noticed in the podcasting space is some people, they love to hear themselves talk and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel that if you are presenting a guest that has a certain level of expertise, that's what people are showing up for. So they don't need to have a three minute intro with a song tied to it that's going to talk about all these things. And then a 10-minute monologue from the host about A, B, C, and D before we ever get to the actual interview. And what I loved about that was it was just, here's who you're going to hear today. This is what we're talking about. We're going to get to that after a quick word from the sponsors. Quick 30-second ad. We're into the value of the show quickly, and that's what I was like, I want my show to have that same type of feel. So I pretty much built the format the exact same way with a quick intro to set the table, quick add, and we're into the value as fast as possible. So to specifically pinpoint two people that have helped me in my journey, I will name those two, but the list goes on and on. That's excellent. And what I wonder, and you come really deep with, with your research, what
0: you're saying, and do you find that there are distinctions to be made that are very specific to podcasting and how you show up and how you present yourself and maybe even in interviewing as well, that you won't really find everywhere else?
1: I think there is a big disparity from the people that really take this seriously to the people that just want to show up and talk for a little bit about what they do. And for me, I look at it for the whole process and Maybe there's a little bit of bias in me because I'm also a podcaster, so I'm thinking on both ends. When I'm a guest on a show, I know what the host wants to accomplish by the piece of content that we're creating, and that's something that's going to be impactful and compelling, and when the audience hears it, they can really sink their teeth into it, because what happens when they get that type of reaction and response from the audience is they want to come back for more. Perhaps this is the first episode of your show, Johnny, that somebody finds. Hopefully, they're feeling something in the chemistry of our conversation and everything we're talking about that makes them say, hmm, wonder what else is in the content catalog that I can really dive into and learn from. So they'll start to peruse your past episodes. They'll subscribe so they don't miss the next release. And that's really the objective when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it. Podcasters want to grow. And I feel that guests need to treat that type of approach with respect because as a podcaster, you are asking someone that has expertise in a certain subject that you know your audience will respond to, to take their time to come on and really talk about that area of expertise. And in doing that, if you do it the right way, you can truly establish yourself as an authority that that audience is going to want to learn more from. But some people show up to podcasts and just go into sales mode and they feel like they need to use that platform to promote their book, to promote their product, to promote their course and not realizing that in showing up with a valuable message to say and a story to tell, that's going to do the selling for you. You don't have to make it into an infomercial. You just show up and you have a great conversation with the host. You talk about the areas of expertise that clearly you're passionate about and you can say a lot of great things about. And in doing that, the audience will respond to say, I really like that person. I want to know more about what they do and how they can help me make a transformation in my life. Or maybe they won't and that's fine because you don't resonate with everyone. It's impossible to resonate with 100% of the audience. But if you're doing your job properly and you treat this platform with respect, you can show up and really make a positive impact that's going to be heard on a worldwide scale because podcasts are global. So you really have great opportunities to open up the doors for networking opportunities, for business opportunities, and to truly establish yourself as a trusted resource that people want to learn more from.
0: Yeah, this is something that I've been writing about and thinking about as well. And I know we had a, a bit of a chat a while back and I think we could have gone on talking all day probably because we were, we were going, uh, going deep. I was did, yeah. But but yeah, it was w- w- one of the things that came up for me uh, and that I ended up writing about was that there are, I think everyone said, not go gone podcast. Gone podcast would be great as you do it to promote your business or your book. The, and it maybe isn't going to be great for everybody for some of the reasons you were just saying. Perhaps a few more besides. Like if you go on there and you really can't, present yourself well or you are just purely transactional about it or you go in there and you're delivering a TED talk you're not really listening to the host or really properly engaging and people think oh does that really happen yeah it really happens that's not going to do you any favors in the long run I mean for starters you may not get aired your episode may not get aired for that very reason and if it does it may not do you any favors when it's out there in the world as well the whole point of this is to have materials that are reflecting your message something about you having people want to follow you and maybe wanting to check out your book or your own show or whatever it is you've got to offer but if you can't actually present yourself well on the show and you don't
1: have the engagement or you don't even particularly care about the person you're speaking to it's going to be hard 100 percent correct and i think what people fail to think about when they come at this from the guest perspective is the listener experience And you have to take a minute to put yourself in the listener's shoes and say, is this something that I would want to listen to? If I tuned in to this podcast and I clicked the play button and someone just instantly started selling me something and didn't stop, would I keep listening to that? Chances are no, because the good thing about commercials is they end. You can get a lot of value from them and the people that do it well know how to grab your attention and make you aware of a product to the point that you keep it front of mind when it's time to make a buying decision, but it ends and it gets back to what you want to hear, the reason you tuned in. And more than likely people tune into a podcast because A, they're an avid listener of the show and they've already transformed themselves into an advocate and will listen to every piece of content that comes out, or B, they're searching for a specific answer, and whether they do it through Google, they find it on social media, they get a recommendation from a friend, the title of the show is more than likely going to grab somebody to the point that they click play and listen. So if it's not being delivered after they click play what they want to hear, they tune out. So from the guest perspective, if you come at it thinking, all right, what do I want the listener to hear when they hear me? It's not a sales pitch. It's not an infomercial. It's value. It's a compelling story. It's something they can relate to. And When you do that, you set yourself up for people to stay tuned in to listen through your whole interview. And then when you get to the end of your conversation with the host, then you can point them to where you want them to come next, which should be your website. Because that's introducing them to your world and giving them an opportunity to learn more about what you do and how you can help them. Yeah. I take the perspective that really anyone who has a personal
0: brand business coaches and speakers and authors and course creators and the likes and, and more besides should be thinking about podcasting at least as a guest if not having their own show would
1: you agree with that or do you have some different thoughts no I agree 100% in fact I spend some time talking people out of starting their own podcast and because I and I should and let me put the caveat on that so if you're in the mindset of wanting to start a podcast, that's fine, and I think a lot of people believe that you have to have your own podcast to be successful in this space. Right. And that's not the case, because I know plenty of people that simply build their brand by being a powerful, valuable guest on shows that align with their mission, message, and objectives. And when you find the right shows to make a guest appearance on, you, again, like I said before, open up this world of opportunities to, well, to bring all of these new people into your world. And the folks that are doing this well are really seeing gains for their personal brand and for their overall business and company, whatever industry and niche they have themselves playing in. So I tell people, listen, if you want to start a podcast, just know up front there's a lot of work involved. So if you have a team to help you do it, that's great. If you are flying solo, here's what you need to understand about this process and how to truly make a powerful podcast come to life. And if you don't have time, it's not the best move to start a podcast now. The better way to proceed is to get your feet wet by being a guest on the right shows. In doing that, you build your brand, you develop your voice, you get comfortable on the microphone, and you learn more about your brand story and how to tell it in a compelling fashion that people will resonate with. Yeah. As you proceed with that, then you can make the decision and saying, well, wow, this is a lot of fun. I'd love to have my own show. Now you have some experience under your belt, and it makes the process a little bit easier, and you can understand what type of buy-in is needed to make your podcast take off. So I always point people to guesting first because there's so much to be gained from this. That you can start your own show if you want to down the road, but you get that important experience and take the practice swings that help get you prepared to do this properly. And once you do that, then you can really make things take off. Yeah, I wish I'd have that advice when I first started podcasting. Oh, me
0: too. Because looking back, I, I think it would have made a big difference. Instead, I did my learning curve at the a host, which made oh, me, yes, yeah, so there's some experience for you. I, I wonder that, I'm curious, what kind of benefits you have personally and
1: professionally experienced because of podcasting? Without question, the biggest gain from podcasting, it's the networking element that's, that's baked into this whole process. I've made so many powerful connections that they've either become friends, colleagues, they've pointed me towards business, or they've become clients just from having these powerful conversations and approaching the medium with respect and doing it right. I don't treat any of these opportunities like transactions, and I don't discriminate a podcast because it doesn't have enough listeners or the audience just isn't big enough for my time Uh, to hell with that i will talk to anybody at any time about this subject because i know exactly what you're looking to build as a guest or i'm sorry as a host on a podcast and if i can contribute my expertise to help you build that content portfolio i am all in every chip to the middle of the table and i feel like more people need to start thinking of it on that level because the gains that can come your way are tremendous. And even if you don't get business from a specific podcast, as I said, that networking element is huge because you're connecting with somebody that's like-minded, that may know some people, that down the road, and I actually just had this happen. I worked with a person who had a guest on her show I did the production for that show well over a year ago. She just reached out to me last week and said, Hey, one of my clients is looking to start a podcast. You were the first person that I thought of. I need you to talk with him so he can get started on the right foot. Perfect. And that was, again, that was a relationship that started well over a year ago by helping that person be comfortable The role I was playing in that respect was coordinating the interviews, getting everything set up, making sure that the person that was on the guest side had everything they needed, making sure the host was set up so they could have a good conversation that ultimately turned into a nice piece of content for her to build her brand with. But in doing that, I built a relationship with the guest to where over a year later she thought of me first. That's the power of networking that's built in to the podcasting medium. And whether you get business today... Or whether you get business a year from now it's all proof that building powerful relationships is what's going to carry you to success no matter what space industry niche that you are existing in today and podcasting the great thing about it is it plugs into that space no matter what it is so you can truly experience tremendous gains if you come at it the right way so that for me networking has been without question the greatest thing thing that i've experienced in this space yeah i would say that for
0: myself as well so if you come at this with a connection perspective and something you actually care about people and want to help and make a difference and be nice to each other you can do very well i do yeah, you know, as much as yourself, i'm sure you come across some people who are very transactional about it all and will just want to either just be on your show for what they can get out of it or you'll be you'll be in their good books for as long as you're useful that kind of thing and you get that sense of that very quickly there are even people who try and charge people for coming on this show things like that as well which yeah i've never yet even considered that i would pay but i could never say never say never maybe in the right circumstances i would
1: but well but, well not to yeah. i just was i just started doing something with my show and the reason that i did this was because i was my schedule was so booked out and As I was connecting with people and I was sharing my scheduling link and they were saying, well, I can't get on your show until almost next year. And I was just looking, I was like, well, yeah, where I'm at right now, my schedule is booked. But then I started thinking about it a little deeper. What if I offered the potential to do some expedited scheduling and get the show released and there would be a charge to that? Nothing huge, but. I know how important these podcast interviews are for people in their content strategy. And they want to have these interviews out there because these little pieces of micro content serve as promotion, as awareness, as brand building, and waiting till next year or till the end of this year may not serve them. So they may not want to come on at all. So I at least offer the option. So I say, listen, if you want to wait till the end of the year, here's my link. However, I do have these other options available. There's a small fee, but we can expedite the process, and I can build this so you're getting this content released much sooner, so you can use it to build your message and take it to where you need it to go. And that's starting to gain a little bit of traction for me, and I'm just experimenting. So I didn't throw huge price tags on this. I wanted to see how this would work. And... So far, the response has been positive because there's an option there. I'm not doing like you said, Johnny, like, oh, yeah, it's going to cost you X amount of dollars to (laughs) call my show. Like, no, I have the free option, but I know how important time is in this space. So here are a couple additional options. And I'm going to see where this goes as as I continue to push it forward. But I can say, I hear the question a lot. How do I monetize my podcast? Here's a This is something I would say, and I can't speak to this 100% yet, but create An environment that people want to be a part of and make your content so compelling that the conversations are to a point where you're booked out so far, you have to start charging a premium for something that's expedited. Is this a monetization strategy? I don't know yet. I'm not going to get behind this 100%. But again, the option is there. And I feel like that's a very fair way to give someone the option to choose when they want to be a part of the show and have that piece of content work for them. Yeah, exactly. And I've heard I yeah, I've heard that strategy as well
0: from a few other podcasters. I think Jeremy Enns was one of them. And so, yeah, I think it's a really good idea. And I haven't yet encountered a situation in my own show where there has been a need for that. But it's in my mind now. Those maybe. seeds are planted. And, and I will be thinking about that. I don't know that anyone's in such a hurry right now to get the show exploited on PodFunds, but maybe, maybe a bit maybe. further down the line. <laughs> but this is this is one of the things that I think is really important with podcasting, like you say about not paying too much attention to what kind of viewing stats or listener stats the, the show has. And that's important because I think if it's the right kind of show and the right kind of conversation, which you do know pretty quick, I do get invited onto shows that I just don't think I'm a good fit for or they're just starting out and they don't seem to have much of a clue what they're about. And I will turn those down. And sometimes I feel bad about it because I think, well, I didn't have much of a clue what I was about but i do you know i just this is just that i have to be careful of my time I, I i have too much work really to be able to to do too much of that so i'm choosing carefully what I go on but i'm not going to turn someone down because maybe they have I don't know, 25 downloads per episode if it's going to be a good conversation i'm going to go on that but i also you know i can probably help them and direct them to resources that are going to help to grow the show as well and to you don't know at what point in the future their show will take off And people do. This is maybe something a bit more unique to podcasting. People will go through a back catalogue and look Mm -hmm. for the episodes that are interesting. I don't know about how you search for episodes, but when I find a show I like, I'm not just listening to the latest episode that comes out because I'm not always interested in them. I will go through the list. Or if if the latest episode comes out and I see it, then eh, then I'll
1: look for another one that I'm more interested in. Mm -hmm. The beauty of on-demand content is that you can pick and choose what you want to listen to. And that, to me... That speaks to why podcasters need to produce quality content consistently. Because if when you attract a listener, they may go through every single episode because they're just that bought into what you're doing. But they may do what you do, Johnny, and just look through the catalog for titles that jump out. And that, to me is again the beauty of on-demand content and maybe down the road they may say well I never listened to this one let me see what this one's all about but ultimately if you're going to get them into your world and you're going to keep them locked into your show you have to have that type of quality content across the board and there's no doubt that you're going to get better as you go forward with your show because especially if you're starting fresh and you've never done this before there's a learning curve but you want to make sure that before you start, you're keeping that listener experience in mind and always ask, who am I speaking to? Who is my ideal listener for this content? And when you start speaking to that one person, that means you're creating content for one person. It makes it a little bit easier because then you're going to start attracting a bunch of people that are just like that one person. And that's going to lead to growth over time. It just, it doesn't happen overnight, which is one of the things that I think a lot of podcasters get hung up on is they stare at that download metric? What do I have to do to make this grow? What's why, why isn't why aren't people coming to my show and listening? Well, they just haven't discovered you yet. But you have to hold up your end of the bargain by giving them something that's quality and giving it to them consistently. If you say you're going live every Thursday or you're if you're bringing out a new show every Thursday, you damn well better bring out a new show every Thursday. The average podcast listener consumes about six, almost seven hours of podcast content per week Mm. and we have lives outside of this so you got to figure if you think about what an average person does in that span they're listening to a podcast while they walk the dog or at the gym or on their morning and evening commute so whenever they have a podcast in their ear they're going to be pretty selective about what they listen to so if your show enters into their orbit and it really grabs them, and they start listening, and they become a fan, and you come out every Thursday with a new episode, they can now build that show into their every Thursday routine. So if, you, if they wake up and your show's there, maybe they're listening to it at the gym or on that morning commute. If you don't show up the next Thursday because you didn't plan accordingly and you stopped being consistent, guess what? They're going to find another podcast, and if that podcast comes into orbit and takes over it's going to be difficult to get back into the rotation you get a pass here and there because if people are truly fans of your show they'll come back but if you consistently stop being consistent then people are going to find new shows to listen to because they are listening at a specific time So you want to make sure you're there for them that's how you build good content that keeps the butts in the seat but then It also makes that person turn to a friend, a family member, a colleague, and say, you know, I've been listening to Podfluence. The show is great. You need to listen to this show. I learned so much every episode that I take in. That recommendability factor is enormous because if you have one listener of your show and that one listener turns to a friend and says, you need to listen, and then they do, now you have two listeners. And then if each of them turns to a friend, now you've got four. And once this exponential growth kicks in, then you're off to the races but that takes time so you have to be thinking my end of this and what i can control is quality content putting it out consistently and making sure that i'm speaking to one person that will truly soak this in i will tell you when i built my ideal listener profile for my show as i was doing it i discovered it was myself like three years ago Right. I'm speaking to what I used to, what, what I used to be and what I wanted to become in this space. That's who I'm speaking to. And not just in the podcasting space, but in the brand building space. And ultimately in this, in this whole level or area of networking, leveling up required me to talk to myself. And that was how I built it. And. We've been after the races ever since. Me, one of the key things, uh, I'm kind of having a
0: a little epiphany whilst we're speaking really, but one of the key things about why I'm doing Podfluence is part for myself, but it was driven by what I really, some of the things I really don't like in the world of marketing, because I do think podcasting essentially is a great marketing tool, Mm. but we can't let marketers ruin it, (laughs) (laughs) inevitably do it with so many things, so it's one that should be treated well. But we see so many things like people, we have these regular experiences of people trying to slide into our DMs, into our inboxes and sell us stuff with no relationship, no context, no, no preamble, no handshake, no introduction, nothing. They're just in there trying to you something. Hey, I've got a product, hire a service. I get that people need to make a living, but I don't like those ways of doing it. And I don't feel comfortable doing those things myself. But I find something like podcasting, where you get to have a conversation and get to connect with people and talk about what you do sometimes for quite a long time, yeah. and that's a great platform to, for people to be able to get to really know you and know what you're about and hopefully have a sense of your personality and if you're someone that they vibe with and that you can trust. And that, that is one of the main reasons why I think podcasting is incredibly powerful.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and I'm I'm with you on the DMs, the solicitation emails, LinkedIn is it, people are just notorious for this, and it drives me crazy. I'm I had a I won't tell the full story, but I had a situation with someone that reached out to me on LinkedIn, and I thought we were having a genuine conversation. We were talking about things that I do, things that she does, things seem to be going really well, and this is to me, I'm thinking this is what I want from this platform, from this network is these genuine conversations to see if we can help one another. And in my mind, I wasn't thinking sales at all. I was just thinking, let's just keep building on this relationship because down the road, maybe there is something that we can do to work together. Who knows where this is going to go to. All of a sudden I had asked a question about something that and it, it spiraled into. Now, all of a sudden I'm getting sent a link to book a call with somebody else in her company. I'm like, well, wait a minute. This was, I, I, was like, I just thought we were talking here. I wasn't looking to have this. Well, I mean, if you really want to get answers to this, you need to talk to this person. They're the ones that handle this for me. I was like, you know what? Forget it. And so many people do that. It's not about building relationships. It's that transaction. How fast can I sell somebody? How quickly can I get them to my sales page? And if they have quotas, I get it. But there are better ways to do it. Think about from the podcasting's perspective and being a guest. Speaking from experience, and I'm sure people out there that have built their brands as a podcast guest can speak to this as well, there are a lot of bottlenecks that you're going to run into getting this off the ground. Because you have to start now, (laughs) it really is the best way to say it, because podcasters are proactive. They may not be able to get you on right away. So finding the right shows is the first step, obviously, but you have to be respectful of their schedule. They might not be able to get you on tomorrow, maybe a few weeks, maybe next month. I've booked a few shows into 2023 already because that's how far they're booked out. So there's one bottleneck. Then once you actually do have the interview, then there's the period of time before the interview goes live. Some podcasters have a a month, some two, some three, some, uh, again, another one told me, oh, this will be out in 2023. To which, I mean, that to me is a little too far because things can change a lot for that person in that time frame. So you don't want to go too far outside of of the window of making sure that it's relevant to the person that you just interviewed. But that said, that's an example of another bottleneck. So you have to be consistently looking for these opportunities because if you don't set yourself up in that capacity, you're not going to have this content going live for a while. So you have to make sure that you're set up for interviews to pop at all times. And sales works the same way. If you're looking to build a relationship with somebody, that's going to take some time. And you can't just immediately jump into bed. It's like going on a first date and then immediately jumping into bed with someone. That happens. But how often do those relationships ever pan out, right? Like there's this mindset of we have to sell, sell, sell right now. And then we yeah. forego the relationship building. So in the podcast space, the relationship building can be enormous. Same as in the sales space. And if you're constantly always thinking, I have to sell, I have to sell, I have to sell, go work at a car dealership. They will love your drive. They will love your mentality because they're looking to move metal as fast as possible. But in this world that we exist in, it takes time to build a relationship with somebody and nurture that relationship to get them to a point to where they're ready to do business with you. So the podcasting platform from my side of this is the greatest way to continue to have these conversations that over time are going to be heard by different audiences. There may be some crossover in the audiences, but the more people hear my voice and hear my message, my hopes is that they want to have a conversation with me to see if it makes sense for them to be mentored by me or to take advantage of some of my courses and really see if it's a good fit for them. But I'm not trying to sell that today. I just want to be here to have a good conversation with you, Johnny. We can share some ideas. We can go back and forth on, on the things we're passionate about, what we love about podcasting, and the hopes is that resonates with the audience where they'd want to take the next step and either give you a call, give me a call, but we're not sitting here going, you need to buy today or else, you know? like That, to me, is just such a horrible way to do business, but like you said, so many people are in that mindset. They have to do that, and it's ugh, cringeworthy. But there, were, there were some very specific things I had in mind for who I
0: wanted as guests on this show when I started, when I relaunched the show. And one was people who have been building up a business for themselves as podcasters. Another was for people who have been building up their business as podcast guests. And another for people who are, have maybe been using podcasting as a marketing platform for getting their ads on or sponsorships and those kinds of arrangements, and and still wanting to have guests who can come and talk about influence and persuasion stuff because just because that's deeply fascinating to me. But what has been interesting is since getting much more specific about that, I thought, oh, that's really going to narrow down and limit the kinds of guests that I can get on the show. Not so much. It's actually just made it really clear to people who I want, and those people have been coming forward. And so now I've actually been having quite a few conversations with people who have Built businesses through podcast guesting and thinking, wow, that is, I think, what people need to hear when you build six figure, seven figure businesses from being a podcast guest. And that has been your main marketing strategy all the way through. And not everyone is necessarily going to do that, but just so you know that that's out there, people are doing it. You can do that. And if that's not enough to convince our listener to something, oh, maybe I should be doing this, and I don't really know what would do it, but (laughs) what. Let's say, let's say our listener is think sipping hunting and yeah, I probably should be thinking about this. It's like maybe there's not going to cost that much money. Maybe it's going to cost me a bit of time and maybe there's a bit of a learning curve to doing this. but where should I get started? What do you think?
1: I think the biggest thing you can do and this is if you're looking to do DIY and I will say and and, and again not to go into sales mode, I, I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody to determine whether a coaching program makes sense or if you're just looking to specifically go DIY here are some pointers and I can obviously serve that master right now go on to the the internet start with google and whatever industry you're in just search best fill in your industry podcasts and see what pops up and in doing that the great thing about google these days is they're returning great podcasts like they've really taken time to index and, and use podcasts as great search query results and much like anything else you would find on google they've started to respect what podcasts can deliver to people just as much as any other media so you're going to get a nice list of podcasts that exist in your space and then you can look through that list and you can maybe see it the name of a podcast might jump out of you so you can click on that and then you can look through their catalog and see what they're talking about and if there's Topics that are very adjacent to what you talk about. Take a listen to that episode and see if you could provide just as much value, if not more, as that guest that's on that specific episode. If you could, jot that down. Then find maybe five podcasts total. And then you'd want to reach out to them in a very high-quality way, something that's going to make you stand out. And you want to put together a presentation that says that you took time to listen to some of the content to make sure it resonated because listen, I'm going to bring this value to the show too. And here's why podcasters get presentations and pitches in like in bulk yeah. every week. And many of them get overlooked because people just are sending this list of accolades that they've accomplished. And I think that's the reason why they should be on the show. Now, To anybody that's accomplished great things, I I tip my cap and I say, congratulations, that's fantastic. Of course, you should be proud of what you accomplished, but I need to know what type of value you're bringing to my show. What are we going to talk about that's going to resonate with my audience? What was it in the content that you checked out that resonated with you that makes you feel that you'd be valuable? That to me as a podcaster is what I'm looking for, but so many people try to take shortcuts and just say hey i just left you a review on your show you should put me on <laughs> like it's a bargaining chip and i've heard gurus recommend doing this right. hell no i no after our conversation johnny i will go leave a review on your podcast because i've had interaction i know what the experience was like i can now go tell you, the listeners that might look through reviews what they'd experience listening to this show i don't want to use it as a bargaining chip to get shoehorned into a guest appearance. So to get started, that's the best way to do it. And then you have to get your feet wet. You have to practice. You have to get these practice swings in, which again is another fundamental step that so many people want to skip. They feel like they just want to go on one podcast and expect the world to show up at their door ready to buy whatever they have, which is why they switch into sales mode sometimes. There's a lengthy process to this, and I'm really giving the notes version of this right now, but make sure that no matter what you do, it's rooted in value and it's genuine because if it's not, it's going to get exposed and you're not going to get a lot of guest opportunities following that first, second, third one that you do. If you show up and just sell, no one's going to want to book you. If you show up with value and you start building a genuine relationship with that host, they may say, listen, I've got a friend that does a podcast. You'd be perfect. Now you just doubled your bookings without lifting a finger. So again, we've talked about this in steps throughout our conversation today, Johnny, but if you do it in this value-driven way and your mindset is not that you're there to sell, but that you're there to tell a story, provide a great message, to get people to understand what you do, who you are, and how you could help them solve a problem, that's going to lead to much better results, and it's going to get you a lot further. So that's a great jumping off point for everybody. Definitely, and great value as well. And I agree with everything
0: you said there. It's taken me took me a long time to figure some of that out. And you are one of the people who helped me figure some of that out as well. So thank you for that. You're but it is super, super important to approach things from that perspective. And I know as a show host, that's what I'm looking for. And if somebody can't show me the value they're going to bring, or I can't even at least see the potential for the value there, then I'm not even going to really entertain them as a potential guest. But what I will always do though, except in rare cases like somebody who has specifically sought out and invited on the show i ask everyone who applies to be on the show even if they've come through an agency or anything like that if they look interesting they still have to fill out an application for the show because that's answering the questions that i need to know the answers to and if they can't do that for me then i don't know if i should bring them on the show or not and then we have a pre-show chat so you know i, I like to do things i like to do things a certain way but mm-hmm. there's such great value in this for people to get on shows, and you say it's important to bring the stories. I think it's important to bring some entertainment and some fun to podcasts, and I think a lot of people oh, should. Sure. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people it's very dry content. Yeah. I wonder for you what have been some of your weirdest or strangest experiences as a podcaster.
1: <laughs> One story I always like to tell is I was I, this was on a past podcast that I don't do anymore, but we had set up some time to interview. Everything was fine. we have gone back and forth. It was all good. And comes down to interview time. I sign on, he signs on and he's driving and his in he's in traffic. And he, that's where he wanted to do the interview. I was like, wait, aren't you in front of your microphone? No, no, I got, I got held up. So I'm just going to do it. Fine. I'm like, no, we're not doing it here. Like you're driving you're distracted you shouldn't be or you should be focused on the road not talking to me that's not going to make for the best content so we ended up rescheduling actually i know I, you know come to think of it i don't know if we ever ended up doing that interview now i don't think we did but the lesson i learned from that was i need to be more clear about how i communicate with my guests to me that was common knowledge that you're just going to be in front of your computer and we're going to have this conversation like we would any other time we'd have a meeting not with somebody in rush hour traffic. (laughs) So I learned from there, make sure to tell people, have a microphone, be in front of your computer with reliable internet and a quiet environment so we can produce the best sounding audio for the audience. So that's really what it's all about. It's not about me and my preference. It's not about you needing to be focused on the road and not on our conversation. It's about what's going to make the best listener experience at the end. And if the horns are beeping and, there's all kinds of traffic noises in the background. How is that quality for the listener? That's terrible. So it's, it's not great. A button, No, and that's where I do, I get frustrated when I see that type of content still get put out because we're not in a place where that learning curve is as steep. It's definitely flattened because there's options. You have to captivate that audience pretty much from the first time they tune in because there's another podcast in their search that they can listen to if you don't deliver. So I'm, I'm getting off track from your question, but basically <laughs> that was, that was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had. I will, I will tell this story more for just the entertainment value behind it, because it's pretty funny. Back in the first podcast we did was a beer podcast. At that point in time, I was doing marketing and branding in the craft beer industry. I was helping some of the local breweries here in Pittsburgh get their products placed in bars and restaurants and bottle shops, things of that nature. And really was enjoying it. But in that time I had this podcast. And there was this big event that they wanted me to do a live show from, And not really live as in like we were projecting the message to the audience. We were just there recording and people that were there would join us. And it was fun in the respect of what we were doing, us all together having this conversation from a listener standpoint, it was just God awful. (laughs) But right before we were getting ready to hit the record button and get started, one of the whiskey representatives that was there comes up and puts three shots in front of me she goes you have to do those before you start and i'd already been drinking beer i'm like no i don't think i can do this she's like you have to i'm like I <laughs> all right. so i did and just i mean you can imagine where it went from there <laughs> all i do remember is that when i listened back to edit the next day i had announced i had introduced myself with my co-host's last name and did not even realize that i did that in the moment And one of the guys that was a co-host, you hear him in the background go, what'd you call yourself? (laughs) (laughs) So again, like I think back, I'm like, those were so fun to record, but for a listener to have to try to consume that, those were not very, I wish, I don't think I, I I know for a fact I did not have the statistic tied to our host at that time that would tell me the drop-off rate. When did somebody tune out? I would have to assume that it was very early (laughs) in that production that they walked away. So yeah, uh, that that was more like I said, fun for me, not fun for the listener. Probably not so much, but I think you've done (laughs) a a great job today of highlighting just how
0: important the listener experience really is, and um, thinking about actual listener behaviours and making sure that you go with those. And there is a reality in life that unless if you're hosting a podcast, unless your guest is a podcaster or somebody who generally works with audio in some way, or maybe a YouTuber like that, they're probably not going to care very much about audio quality in the way that you would and sometimes even if you tell them to have an external mic or to plug into the ethernet and all that kind of stuff it doesn't always happen Uh, but uh, there are things there are things you can do to minimize that in the long run but as a guest do your host a favor and do the best audio quality that you can manage with your budget And that's what we ask. That's what we ask.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how I've talked to other podcasters and told them about my training program. And they've asked, well, are you telling people what to do for audio quality? I'm like, absolutely I am. Because I built a lot of this with the podcaster in mind. Because again, like I said earlier in our conversation, I know what you want to accomplish with your show. So it would not behoove me to train somebody to not be thinking the same way. So minimums are having a, a microphone of some kind, having headphones, and having a quiet environment to record it. Because again, if you're trying to be if you're in the middle of an office where there's people passing by and there's distractions and interruptions, it hurts the quality. If you don't have a microphone, that external microphone does not do you any favors. So I tell everyone, if you want to do this, let's do it right. And you don't have to break the bank. You can start with a microphone that just makes your voice sound more professional, more clear, and again, helps that listener experience go to the next level. Down the road, if you're really into this and you feel like being a podcast guest is the best way to build your brand going forward and you want to really go all in, then you can invest a little bit more in some more expensive equipment. But really, what I I tell podcasters, I tell guests this, focus on your voice. Build your voice. Find your voice. Grow some confidence in how you project your message and tell your story. Yeah. You want to have the minimum requirements of mic, headphone, quiet environment. But don't think about the fancy bells and whistles because a lot of times it's an obstacle that people will put in front of themselves to not get started. Right. I need to get the most expensive digital audio interface and i have to spend all this money and i just don't have that money right now so until i do i'm not going to move forward and it's the mm-hmm. wrong mentality get started see if you love this see if it works for you as you fall in love with the process then you can invest some more money in it but for now just focus on getting better at your craft take those practice swings get the minimum requirements so you sound good in doing it but Like you said, Johnny, respecting that listener experience is going to make everybody win. And podcasters are going to appreciate the fact that you're showing up thinking about their overall experience. That's what will get you invited back for a second, third, fourth interview and beyond.
0: Yeah. We've had you mention your course a few times, and I'm guessing that there's going to be some people listening to this show who are thinking that maybe I should check that out. Maybe I should actually think about it. If I'm going to be a podcast guest and I want to make sure I do it well, I should go and take a look at that. How, oh, how, it's better to say, where should they go to find out more?
1: They can visit guestaccelerator.com. And it's not in theory, a course, but really what I've built it to be is more interactive. It's a intensive training with additional sessions where we actually do interviews to work on vocal quirks to work on your overall delivery my goal with this whole process is to make sure you understand what you can gain from being a value-driven podcast guest but also how to execute all of the steps that it takes to really get results from being a podcast guest so many people have said, and this was either to me in passing or back when Clubhouse was a thing, I heard people say, and they just didn't get anything from being a podcast guest. I don't know why I did it. It doesn't work. Well, if you only go on one interview, as I said before, the world's not going to show up at your doorstep. You have to get better at your craft, and that takes time, and that takes consistently going on interviews. And I'm not saying you go on interviews all day, every day. Maybe do one a week to get started, and then build from there. Build the foundation. the foundation. Get more confident. Go from there. But in that process, there's more steps than just booking an interview, showing up and talking, and then walking away. Because I said before, what was my most powerful takeaway from the podcast space? Networking. You have to go into every guest appearance with the mindset of, what can I do to build a great relationship with this person? How can I monetize this interview before it even goes live? If you do things properly, you give yourself an opportunity to do that. But if you just come in, treating it like a transaction, no one's going to want to take you seriously when the interview is over. And they're probably just going to tune you out and not listen to anything. Hell, if you spent the whole time in sales mode, they already feel like they've been sold to. They're either going to buy or they're not. So you have to treat this entire process as a means of networking with the hosts. And even with the audience, you can jump into social media conversations and At least make your name known and build some awareness around the fact that I just connected with Johnny and we had a great conversation. It's going to be going live next month. But in the meantime, I'm here. I can chat. We can talk, whatever. I'm available. My door is open. You can not go into sales mode there either. You're contributing valuable nuggets of information to the conversations that are already taking place within that podcast social media community. So there are a lot of ways that you can really stand out. And if you do it properly, you can really experience gains. If you try to take shortcuts, that's when things fall short. And that's really what I try to drive home within the Guest Accelerator program. Here's how this works, and here's how you can benefit from being a podcast guest and being a resource for podcasters before, during, and after your interview. Once we get through the Guest Accelerator program, if you'd like to continue working with me and get looking at shows to get you booked on and things of that nature, I have programs for that. But we start with Guest Accelerator to make sure the fundamentals are in place. Yeah, fantastic stuff. So anyone who wants to check that out, if you didn't
0: grab the links there, they are in the show notes for you to go and check out, as well as you'll find a link link there to Jason's podcast. or even put a link in there to podcast as well, especially if it's coming back. So definitely good news to hear that that's on its way back in some way, shape, or form. Jason, I want to ask you, um, I, I wonder you what if you could send one short message back to yourself at the time when you were starting out in podcasting, what would it
1: be? plan better. My first podcast to tell a brief story was launched out of spite. And I know that most people aren't going to do that, but here's how it all unfolded. I had started an app to help connect the craft beer community in Pittsburgh with events that were going on across the city at different bars, breweries, restaurants, big events that people could attend and connections to the tickets, all these things. And I did this obnoxious three week countdown to the launch of the app when it would be available for download. And it was just, I was having some fun with it. And that's really what it was all about. We're in the beer industry, right? It's not supposed to be rigid and stiff. So right when it launched, I had this guy just start trolling me on Twitter about this. Oh, you're doing this all wrong and this is never going to work and blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, well, you know nothing about what I'm doing. Like, that was my first experience with a troll, so I didn't have full understanding of what that even meant. But when I looked at what he did, I discovered he hosted a podcast. And my best friend and I had been kicking around ideas about what we were going to do, and we couldn't land on anything concrete. And then when I saw that that's what he did, I texted my best friend. I said, I found out what we're going to do. We're going to do a beer podcast, and we're going to do it better than this guy. <laughs> and, that, and he was a beer fan, too. He said, okay, that sounds great. And then we, like minimal conversation over the couple weeks. Like, yeah, we'll talk about beer, but we'll also talk about sports. So we didn't clearly define our niche. And we're all over the place. And two weeks into the from that Texas, this is what we're going to do to launch day. I mean, that was literally the time frame. We did picked up some cheap microphones. We recorded our first episode in a noisy bar. It was garbage. We learned as we went and we got better, but if I look back on that, Yes, it brought me back into the audio world. It rekindled my passion for this, so I will always be thankful for that. But if I would have planned better, maybe that show would still be going. Who knows? But I, I just, I didn't know what I didn't know. But the fortunate thing for everybody I work with and everybody I speak to now is I can take all those experiences and say, don't do this or do this. And these are things that I've learned. From over seven years in this they certainly make some great stories and if anyone's yeah. listening
0: who's thinking or has started a podcast for spurious reasons like vengeance or spite <laughs> or anything else for that matter please let us know i'd love to hear your stories but, <laughs> but jason I, I it's been a real pleasure speaking to you i feel once again I, i've learned from you and uh, i think Thank one you. who's tuned into the show has learned something from listening to it if they've been paying attention there, there's a lot to take in there maybe a show one of those kind of shows that you want to go back and have some listen a few listens through because there's a lot of good stuff in there but it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today and i really want to thank you for coming just sharing the message but also having a really fun conversation on podfluence
1: well i appreciate the opportunity to talk with you johnny and to connect with your great audience it's been a real pleasure thank you very much Now, that was such a fun conversation to me to speak with Jason, someone with whom I share
0: so many things in common. We are very similar in so many ways and we share a lot of similar opinions with maybe a few important differences. And this is one of the things that I think is particularly important for people who work in the same kind of area like Jason and I would potentially go for the same kinds of clientele and yet neither of us felt like we were in competition with each other because we both offer different things in a different way. We have our own styles and we both felt that we were adding to the conversation not just doing exactly the same thing. There's room for everyone. My next episode will be continuing the series on the seven deadly sins of podcasting. We are moving things along. If you want to get that kind of stuff in advance, you should be subscribed already to the Podfluence weekly newsletter. You can subscribe on LinkedIn, Medium or Beehive. You will find the links in the show notes to this episode where mostly weekly, I will be publishing additional content to the show, some of which I use as show episodes or will... Combine with the show that's coming out and some which will be completely unique information that I may or may not bring into shows at various points. Either way, please make sure you're subscribed to PodFoods Weekly and if you've taken some value away from this week's episode, please consider sharing it with your friends and your network. It's one thing that helps the show to grow and also earns my undying appreciation. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.